0: Welcome to Word from the Mountaintop, a weekly inspirational podcast brought to you from the Mountain Luther Parish. Today's Word of the Lord will be shared by Pastor Jason or Pastor Jess Felici. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 18th chapter. Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Pilate asked him, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. This is the gospel of our Lord. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for the many blessings that we can count in our lives. We thank you for the life which you've given us and for the life which was given for our sakes. Give us ears to hear your truth so that we can hear your voice over all the clatter of our lives. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. When you go away to seminary, you start with a two-week intensive called Summer Greek. Two weeks of learning how to read and understand Greek, in which the New Testament is originally written. It's called Summer Greek, but I like to call it Seminary Boot Camp. You go and, and you're slobbed down with learning a whole new alphabet and all these new vocabulary words before you can even begin to look in the, old, or in the New Testament and study what it says in the original language. But in this boot camp, in this intensive two weeks of summer Greek at seminary, the professors all had this one same rule for us, which was no seminarian left behind. No matter how bad you were at Greek, or if you got so confused that you forgot even how to speak English very well while you were learning this new alphabet, the professors promised that no one would fail, that we would be brought through those two weeks and brought into the beginning of seminary. But that was not the case with some other classes once that boot camp was over. You see, some professors had high expectations for the student body, and they would ask these Painfully hard questions. You know the kind of questions that when the professor asks it? Maybe you had somebody like this in high school. When they ask you the question and they look down the bridge of their nose at you, you immediately break out in a sweat. Do you know what I mean? And you know that you're supposed to know the answer, but you're so nervous to get it wrong that you'd rather not answer anything at all that kind of question. We have professors like that. One of one of those professors, his name was Dr. Crump, And he spoke as though he had this. This formalized education, he was this very, 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 very serious man. And we played this very, very silly game where we would try to up with all of the hardest questions we could think of to stump the crump. <laughs> we would try really hard to ask him the kinds of hard questions that made us break out in the sweat. We make it a habit in our Bible studies to not foster that kind of setting, right? To not ask the questions that make you break out in a sweat. But when we do our Advent and our Lenten studies, when we gather for women's Bible study, we make it a habit of saying that there is no stupid question. There is no question that is too far off topic or too taboo for us to address. Because really, when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to understanding God, there is nothing that's off topic. There's no question that's too inappropriate. Although, I don't always promise to have the answer to your questions. God, however, always has an answer for us. Even if it's not the answer to the question that we're asking, God always has an answer for us. You see, sometimes I think we ask the wrong question. These last few weeks of the lectionary, we've watched as Jesus has journeyed through the final leg of his time here on earth. Outside of the temple, in the treasury, where Jesus questioned the corrupt practices of the scribes that robbed a widow of her dignity on her final two copper coins. And then across the way to the Mount of Olives, predicting the demise of the temple, where Jesus admits that he doesn't always know the answers of when the end of times will take place. And then today, today, Christ the King Sunday is the last Sunday of the church's calendar. And today, this Christ the King Sunday, this glorious capstone on our year for the church, Jesus is on trial in Pilate's palace. Jesus has been brought to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor who was known for his cruel and violent tactics. The only authority who could issue the death penalty in Jesus' day. Pilate's rule in Jerusalem was famous for his fear tactics, for bringing in large military presence during the pilgrimage to Jerusalem during the Passover. Pilate would bring in troops, to parade around Jerusalem and make sure that all of these people who traveled for the holy days would behave themselves. There would be no uprisings or riots that would take place under Pilate's rule. Pilate was so good at this fear factor that he was so callous that his reign was cut short when he himself was placed on trial for Rome for cruelty and oppression. Think about that. How bad does a dude have to be for Rome to look at him and say, "I don't know about that guy. He's getting a little violent. We better, we better take him out of office, right?" Rome, who was known for its violence and its fear tactics, took one look at Pilate and decided that he needed to go on trial for what he'd done. This is, this is no innocent man. This is no bystander. This Pontius Pilate. So Jesus stands before the Roman governor, and he's questioned. Pilate says, are you the king of the Jews? And what does Jesus say? He doesn't answer with a statement. He responds with what he always says, right? He asks a question. He asks a question. Where did you hear that? Was this from others? Did other people tell you this? Where did you hear that I'm the king of the Jews? Now remember, Pilate was not a Jew. He was a Roman governor. He did not share any faith story in common with Jesus or the other people who dragged him to the palace in the first place. What have you done? asks Pilate, trying to figure out why this man has been dragged to his palace in the first place. Jesus goes on to explain that his kingdom is not from this world. Now think about it. If Jesus were an earthly king, and people had gone to his, his palace under the cusp of darkness, and they had dragged him out of his palace, this earthly king, and into Pilate's palace, and put him on trial, what would be going on outside? There'd be riots, right? Right? If somebody walked into the White House under the cusp of darkness and dragged the President of the United States out of the White House and took him to another palace to put him on trial, there would be riots. We would be on the verge of a civil war, right? There would, there would be distress in the, in the people gathered outside of Pilate's palace demanding to have their king back. And think back to the last time that you read this story in your Bibles.
1: When Jesus
0: is captured in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did Jesus say to the only disciple to draw his sword and strike the ear of a slave? <coughs> he said, no, don't. Put your sword away, he said. Notice, Jesus doesn't say to Pilate, I'm, a, I'm not a king. I, I'm not a king. He says, where did you hear that?" Who said that? He's driving home the point that his kingdom, Jesus' kingdom, is not like an earthly kingdom. If Jesus were an earthly king, there would be people parading outside of Pilate's palace, but there's nobody. Everybody's run for fear that something would happen to them, right? Jesus is highlighting that his kingdom is nothing like what Pilate is expecting, but others are fearing. Jesus' kingdom is not one that thrives on power or that controls people through violence and fear tactics like Pilate was known for. Jesus' kingdom served a different purpose. To usher in the presence of God among mortals. To bring the kind of peace that cannot be broken. To call people to tune in to the heart of God. But Pilate asks the wrong questions. Pilate gets hung up on the wrong question. He says, "Uh aha, so you are a king. He thinks he's trapped Jesus. You are a king. He misses the whole heart of Jesus' words and clings to the answer that he seeks instead. You can almost hear the sigh, the heavy, (sighs) from Jesus. came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice, he says. To testify to the truth. And Pilate responds, not with interest or intrigue about learning more about this other kingdom of Jesus, but still with another question. What is truth, he says? Now think about every time Jesus teaches us something. He says, you've heard it said. You've heard it said. But truly I tell you. Jesus lays out the facts that you've had your whole life. And then he uncovers them with the truth. You've heard it said. Thou shalt not commit adultery. But truly I tell you, says Jesus. And he lifts the cover. Anyone who looks at a woman with lust in his heart has already committed adultery. Right? Jesus says, Here are the facts, but I give you the truth. And the truth is the way that you carry God's will, God's love that does not run out. The facts would let you get worried about fear and and anxiousness, but God's will is to be rooted in love for God and love for your neighbors. That is the truth. But Pilate, he can't see it because he's so hung up on on finding the answers that he's looking for. Jesus spends his life opening our eyes to see beyond the facts and to hear the truth. Sometimes we're guilty, like Pilate,
1: of getting snagged on the literal facts of
0: missing the truth that is right before us, the heart of God. Sometimes we ask the wrong questions, questions that come from a cynical place within us, questions that serve our own purpose, trying to get to the answer that we desire to hear and not the answer that is given to us. On this Christ the King Sunday, this final Sunday of our church calendar, It's a time to look back on our own lives, to look back on the life of Calvary (coughs) Lutheran Church, and to ask, are we hung up on the wrong questions? What are the answers that have been given to us? Which kingdom are we seeking to serve? One like Pilate's, ruled by fear or power or violence, or one like Christ? Do we seek just the facts, or are we also on the hunt for the truth, for God's will in the midst of our quest? This feels like a time of great uncertainty. We are all left holding questions as we look at the world around us, and we shouldn't ever stop questioning, even if we ask the wrong question but we should listen for the answers we are given. We are called to recognize that despite our questions, Jesus hands us the perfect answer. Jesus doesn't wait for Pilate to ask the right question. Jesus names for him the truth, the essence of his entire life, which is love. We have so much to be thankful for our lives, our families, our freedom. Let us never forget to whom it really belongs. Let us not forget who is our king. Let us always seek the truth, even in the midst of our questions. Thanks be to God.